changing over now. This is the second half of the episode. We're on the uh, our top five lists here. Yeah, it's about to get a little more positive, these, a little the, punchier. This, this is this is shit that I like. This is stuff that I have often brought up. Actually, it is the opposite of uh, I don't like. Uh, we're not. There's no more Chief Keef around. Several episodes have gotten segments about a couple of the things uh, present in this particular. For my list, at the very least, because I will not stop talking about a couple of these. There will not be a whole lot of surprises, and I'm sure you've already guessed one or two of them already. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We've been uh, paying any attention. Y- you guys might have noticed that we've got a bit of a mode here. Mm-hmm. But, and honestly, we do sometimes try to highlight the positive or notable or just shit we think people should watch. Except for the odd occasion where everyone's watching it. And even sometimes when everyone is fucking watching it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm done spoiling our own program. You want to go first or should I? Um... I'll go first. I feel like you love your number one enough that it would, it'll make a good closer. Sure. My number five here, it's Attack on Titan. You've seen it. <laughs> I've talked about it. I'm going to be honest. I don't even have new jokes about Attack on Titan. I've told you about the time I went to a mall with a bunch of Attack on Titan stuff. I'm out of shit. I'm out of shit. I have nothing else. <laughs> Sam, five. <sighs> So I thought it was appropriate that the number five spot on my top five list be, um, you know, be kind of, you know, like a mirror image, I guess, of the uh, number five spot on my bottom five list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, I'm saying my number five entry for my top ten anime of last uh, ten years is motherfucking Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. Holy fucking shit this thing killed every single second i loved it its animation Mm. was beautiful its soundtrack was fucking beautiful its message you know what little you know like what you could glean from you know the 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 very minimalistic approach that it took was fucking beautiful it was this this, this fucking story about what what violence does to people it was a story about the meat grinder that is warfare um uh, that is why uh, warfare in, you know, in the 20th and 21st century and, you know, this imagined, I think, the, t- the universal century. What's a 2300 something of like that? Well, it started with, you know, universal century double O. Um, and then this is uh, this is the 79th year. I, I cannot remember, honestly, um, when they transitioned oh, to the um, UC calendar. By the way, I don't endorse violence against us for any of our opinions, but for the Gundam trivia we often get wrong, feel free to do a whole John Lennon thing. Yeah, you could you could you could absolutely take me down for that. I won't mind. It's, it's I, I it, understand. It is, it is to my shame that I am missing information here. Um I fucking my favorite moment from that, besides that great final fight, you know, um the 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 great final fight where he lit, he just throws everything he fucking has at this Zaku and can't fucking kill him, which was Oh god, it was just such a lovely fucking moment. Oh god, and the moment in the second season when he's drowning. Mm. God. Something just fucking hit. The um the, the the jazz was so fucking perfect in this series. It is this ordered chaos. It is this um it it, it, it is done on the fly, right? This is freeform jazz. It's made up as you go along, as is, you know, this violence that defines these people's lives. It works so fucking perfectly. It um, has what I think is one of my favorite, at least in terms of raw choreography on the tech on screen, mech fights in anything. Anything, yeah. And just, fucking and anything. anything. At the end of the first season, right? Yeah, yeah. God, yes. Season. No, and no, it's, it's it's fucking perfect. I cannot... This is the show... Like, if you, if you are into Gundam, or if you want to be into Gundam, this is the show that is 
easily, far and away, the, the best entry point you could hope for into oh, yeah. it. In because fact, it so encapsulates everything that the Gundam franchise is about, which is that people... Uh, it's, just, it's about two different things. The, the Gundam franchise, to me, has always been about two different things. Number one, people will always find a new reason to kill one another. And number two, people will always find new ways to kill one another. That is the thrust of human history in the eyes of the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. And when it forgets this, it's bad. But when it remembers this, it's fantastic. It's like nothing else. And Mobile Suit, um, the Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt remembers this. It is at the core of what makes this show great and is at the core of what this show's identity is. It's about people who have found yet another new reason to hate one another and to kill one another and who have found these horrible new ways in which to do so. Oh, and if I could move us away from our um, elegant butterflies, um, the animation is real purdy-like. It's so fucking Kino, guys. It's a good-looking show. I felt a, uh, I felt sensual stirrings that weren't happening in any of the sexual pandering in the it, bottom five list. It, it made me so fucking happy to watch this show fucking work. Oh my... Yeah, all right, and I know uh, it's good to see pristine universal, n- not just pristine universal century material. Like, when you said it was accessible, a lot of the great great Gundam shows aren't particularly are not accessible. particularly accessible. I agree with Whereas that. Whereas even could... the first even the first uh, series is not too amazingly accessible because that of how dated be... it has become. Unfortunately, that's that really true. That's why the origin is actually also a good jumping on. Yes, point. absolutely. I would recommend the origin. It just missed this list. Yeah, the origin um, as a comic book. Oh, shit, maybe I should have put that on. Oh, too late now. <laughs> Fuck that up. Okay, moving on, folks. Um, uh, number six, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, the comic book series adapting the first Gundam series. And I don't know, maybe it would have been redundant anyway. Far to Rot March. Number four. So, number four from Denard Dale. I clearly have far too much input into what becomes an episode and what doesn't, because my number four here is fucking Prison School. <laughs> <laughs> prison School... What didn't I talk about last time? One thing that I like about the experience of uh, reading, watching prison school is that it reminds me that I am not a prudish school marm. Because we are in a dimension of pure poop nipple punch jokes. And they are just so well done and intelligently constructed and delivered. That I am just there rolling on the floor like I'm fucking 14 again. I feel like prison school is to me i don't want to say too much um it was a show that made me that made me feel far more comfortable with my ability and desire to laugh at really fucking stupid ass subject matter (laughs) like i love shit jokes these days and i credit prison school with telling me that that's okay that shit jokes are really funny if they're done well and um I know. I consider myself a satire specialist, if you don't mind. Mm. Fuck off, I'm published. So, I I have certain things that are in the back of my head as just these perfect comic moments. Yes. Like, there's a Paul Beatty's not-self-insert... Hi, Professor. Paul <laughs> Beatty's not-self-insert in the second chapter of his book getting experimented on by his dad... I read it on the plane to Ireland a couple years ago and people were looking at me because I could not fucking control myself. That's one of those crescendo moments. Another one is, and it's so simple, but just Milo Mindbender bombing their own base in fucking Catch-22. That entire scene, (laughs) I was laughing 
in, in the middle of Jamaica. They're trying, trying to do some kind of ceremony in the other room, and I'm just rolling at this sequence. The Dipper Gut Punch. The Dipper Gut Punch in Gravity Falls for me probably is one of those. And um, I, I have my own favorite it, gag from Gravity Falls. It was, but, but, uh, We're not on me right now. Another perfect gag to my humble brain was uh, the makeover gag in Clone High. <laughs> which, instead of describing it, I would recommend you just watch that episode of Clone High that pops up when you Google that. The point is that I have given, like, different things single entries in this, and Prison School, I think, has two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it has two, maybe three. Like, there's a stock exchange gag, which I won't describe more than that. Just read fucking Prison School. It's the Wall Street gag. Just the keyword is Wall Street. Read it. competing Kiyoshi... Hana gags, which I'm not even gonna. Once again, I'm not even gonna fucking describe it. Just read it. I spoiled all that other shit. Go in there, read Prison School. Actually, maybe watch it so you get the piano. Read, watch, to taste. Watch it until you know you run out of anime, and then continue on with the manga. It's so fucking beautifully drawn. Oh yeah, it is really well drawn. Like you can. This is. Some hands are experienced, some hands are talented. This is a talented, experienced hand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good on the dude. How the hell was that weekly? Is he a slave? I don't know how he fucking did it. That it, is terrifying. He's such a good, he's such a fantastic draftsman. I don't know how he did it. Uh, number four for me. Um, there is a genre that has yet to go out of style um that has produced as many good entries as it has um mediocre kind of bland entries and even one or two truly shitty entries which is weird given its inoffensive nature i speak of um the slice of life series mm. um of which you know i've watched dozens at this point um usually they are they're pretty relaxing and i think this this entry is um is basically just the best possible version of the slice of life, right? It takes an interesting setting, um, populates it with really, um, with really well done, compelling characters, and then puts them through their paces. Um, actually, has the story has time has time passed by, or it has time passing them by as they grow older and more mature and they they figure out what they're doing with their lives and you know seek better things for themselves um as, as they come of age as they they, they begin you know the, the um the, the main characters all begin i believe in high school like the beginning of high school um in the manga currently they are all beginning college uh and they they more or less have where they want to go figure it out or maybe they don't because that is you know the thing about youth is that you never truly know you 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 are you are absolutely certain until you know you're you're delivered a curveball um yeah and, and that's for 90 percent of my life and, and and that's why um i love this series so much because it 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 includes all of those ups and downs and all of those moments where you're so sure and all of those moments when you have no idea and these moments when you're blindsided by fate and these moments when you discover something you love um I'm uh, sorry. I'm doing a whole lot of hand wringing. Um, this is the the anime slash manga Silver Spoon by Hiromu Arakawa, who um you of course should know from um Full Metal Alchemist. This is her this is her second big manga. Ah. I think I think she worked on the Heroic Legend of Arslan as well. 
Uh, but this is, I, I don't believe that she wrote that one, or I, I can't remember what it was, but um, Silver Spoon is a um, series that takes place at a uh, an agriculturally focused high school, like farm school, uh, where a directionless, uh, directionless young man goes not really knowing um, what else to do and wanting to get away from um, Sapporo. It's, it, the whole place takes place in Hokkaido, where Hiromu Arakawa grew up. Uh, it's kind of rough having that drinking problem. Mm. Mm. I'm great. Go You're on. Great. Um, where he's trying to get away from his uh, from his family, who you know his dad has his own ideas about what he's supposed to be doing, um, and and go and goes to the school, somewhat on a lark, um, and he finds both who he is and what he wants um, throughout the course of the story, um, as 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 well as just all the um, the challenges of being in a world that you need to be in but does not necessarily need you to be in it um it, it, it's a very good like millennial coming of age story in that way uh that that, that spoke to me quite a bit um it's a it's sort of a story about you know kind of finding your people as well it, it's it's so many things and um it it's so it's so damn heartfelt and funny the character designs are so good. The humor is so um is so good natured and lighthearted. It's it's never um it's never too amazingly dark. It's a show that just kind of makes you feel real warm when you watch it, and um uh. and 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 it made me um feel just a little bit better about sort of who I was and what I want. I still don't know what the hell I want. That's a, that that's probably why I like this show as much as I did because I am as. I am as still at twenty seven as directionless as its protagonist was at fourteen. Um, he figured his shit out by the time he was seventeen. God, I wish we could all say the same, um, but it's fine. Um, you know, I'm just rocking back and forth gently. Mm-hmm. I, I I cannot recommend this uh, this story enough. There are all these moments of um, of uncertainty in it all of these moments of uh where you get these setbacks you know that that happen in life and they make the moments of these tiny little triumphs feel so fucking momentous and huge it's you, you should you should read this you should all read this it'll make you feel better about life something else go ahead with your three so i almost was a pretentious fucking pandering person didn't put this on my list but i looked at hours of my life fucking pound for pound hours enjoyment pound for pound i think these top 10 lists should reflect experience so i've become what we call macro pretentious (laughs) and uh, meta pretentious omni pretentious i look i look down upon the critics and say how trifling indeed (laughs) what i'm trying to get at here is that um after consuming both the current anime and the recent manga stuff, the amount of time I've invested into fucking Araki's brain, <laughs> it's like the, the, the JoJo stuff, the JoJo stuff. This is like, I guess, I don't know, JoJo part, JoJo part 7, 8 manga slash all the current anime nonsense that's going on right now. And I don't know. I can't stop. I guess this is just my life now. I just talk. I just think about stands. I don't talk about as much as some people. Or maybe I do. Maybe I don't even notice. I think the people even think they're talking about it. I think... We both have Joe Star tattoos. The exact same one. We got them on yeah. the same day. And 
I, I know. I think it's like having tw- it's, it's like having Twitch Tourette's. You just wake up, you're subscribed to fucking st- Stardust Crusaders memes or whatever. It's, you what's it hear, called? You hear Giorno's piano in your head every time you're about to win something. Yeah, it is. You drop into a pose just reflexively. I are we the worst I... fan base on earth? No, no, no absolutely no, fucking no, no, not. No. It's K-pop. We have not launched intifadas against individuals for dislikeness. To my awareness at the very least maybe someone uh took a dio joke the wrong way i don't oh, fucking know oh man we woo hell is over party about to be fucking trending <laughs> so yeah um come at me fuck all you people yeah for for me the jojo stuff is, jojo stuff was is and continues to be something special k-pop is the musical equivalent of the charming man commercials of <laughs> No, it's in terms of K-pop, agency no, involvement. No, no, you, there's too many words there. K-pop is the equivalent of a commercial. <laughs> it is a commercial for itself, designed not by musicians but by suits to sell. It. It's and you buy. Dirty. You're I, not a stan. You're a customer. Stop coming up with cool words for yourself. I mean, I admire your dedication, like a very well-trained farm animal you come to the trough you emerge from the pool of your own shit <laughs> to come feed at the trough which is feed which is half manure itself like they recycle you know gotta they're trying to reduce their carbon footprint because you know it's it's dirty business farming sometimes <laughs> and they feed you fresh bts knockoffs weeaboo hell is over party weeaboo hell let's is over come, party let's come fucking get it number three for me um unless you were not um Oh, no, no. I mean, I think I've, I think I've said my piece about what's good about it. Honestly, JoJo's so incredibly disgust. Yeah, it's like there. What is there to say at this point? Just to say that uh, it, it made its mark on me too. I continue to enjoy it, and in case you haven't noticed, I don't enjoy everything. I dislike a lot of things. I dislike a lot of things in this room in my home. I might burn them later, but I won't burn my JoJo stuff. Also, I have the dumb star tattoo. On to you. Number three, um. Is I'm noticing um, another coming of age story because I guess I just really like those. Um, this was uh, a little anime from 2011, uh, so just just um, very 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 beginning of the decade here that um, happened and then it was over. It was like 11 or 12 episodes long. It was easily the best ghost story I've ever i've ever consumed be it you know film or book or show or um that says something um hill house friends btfo continue well it's a very heartfelt ghost uh ghost story too this is not a horror anime by any stretch of the imagination um what i'm talking about is uh anohana the flower we saw that day which is uh kind of kind of an anime smart favorite i'm uh, mm-hmm. i'm probably not the only one who loved this as much as i did um what sometimes it, good is good it, it it just it just fucking did it for me like it hit all the right notes this is a story um about a uh a teenage boy who is suddenly contacted um by the ghost of his friend who died about five years ago um she was the two of them were a member of a very tight-knit group of friends who um when she died all kind of drifted their separate ways, um, kind of avoiding their grief all in their various different ways. Um, you know, sublimating it. Because what, what can you do when you're nine? 
uh, and mm. uh, you know, like one of your closest friends dies. You don't know how to deal with that. You're not equipped to deal with that yet. People don't even begin to understand. People don't really understand death until they are a teenager. So here, here, here are you know these uh, five or six kids um, who have all just become very unhealthy, um, maladjusted people in you know the time since the death of their friend, um, sort of um, being forced back together by the reappearance of. Um, of this friend's ghost. Now, um, I think it's it's a, it's a it's a plot bit. Um, he's the only one who can see her. So, like uh, a good portion of this series is him trying to convince his friends that he's not insane, that she is really there, that she is trying to finish her unfinished business that ghosts have. Right. Um, in its conception, this is a very simple show. It doesn't do too many like new things in terms of you know like and you know how ghosts work, you know that sort of thing. But um. In, in, in practice, it is this heartbreakingly beautiful story about um, grief and what we do with it and uh, what it does to us and how to sort of reconcile the unthinkable. It's like it is about regrets. It's about being in love for the first time in your life. It's about um, it's about hoping for like that second time afterwards. It's this fantastic affirmation of life, and I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you did not watch it. Um, it super made me ugly cry towards the end. Oh my God. Not an everyday thing, despite the torrent of insults from every direction. Right. I wish that I could see, I wish that we could have another show like Anohana. And honestly, we've only gotten one thing that I felt was, hit those notes the way that uh the way that it did but i'm going to be talking about that later and so it's 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 just this beautiful series about all the things i talked about and just about like the the friends you had when you were kids um you know which you know that i guess i don't know if i miss being young more than the average person does um but i feel like that might be one of the reasons that i like this show as much as i do and it is a show about kind of missing that as well and like the um the the sort of the regrets that you end up with as you start to get older and you know like you start to realize more and more things about the world and how it works and how you are as a person i again i cannot recommend this enough and i think i might be due for a rewatch honestly as i say this that's really emotionally resonant like that stuff about nostalgia and that show really speaking to nostalgia and my number two pick is sort of similar emotional territory. Like, it reminds me of when I was younger and I was a detective enslaved by a police state to hunt down other potential criminals. <laughs> and it was hard growing up that way, but luckily I had a spunky but potentially slowly being corrupted by the system detective who was a free woman to guide me through it. And we had sort of a complex character dynamic. And my number two choice is psychopaths, is my point here. <laughs> I'm a big sci-fi head, hard, soft, I go both ways. And Psychopaths, I thought... I have no idea what the fuck the objective best is. I'm sure the shit I haven't seen, I'm down to see more. In terms of things that pushed my particular buttons, Psychopaths did a lot of things. I, I've always enjoyed good executions of the sort of thriller tone. I've always been a huge... It doesn't have a lot of the usual cyberpunk concerns, but the world itself is very passively information-soaked. I, um, 
absolutely loved how great of a mystery it was. That was an excellent element of it too. Because, uh, like the whole fucking thing was just like this one big mystery. It was this one big arc. It played out beautifully. I thought uh, you, yeah. you're kind of kept, you know, you're kind of kept guessing the entire time. You never feel too insulted by a twist ever. Or you never at all feel insulted by a twist that comes out of nowhere. That doesn't really happen. Everything kind of figures real, yeah. real nice. I, I definitely appreciated that about it too. The characters are just excellently well-balanced, conceived, it, delivered. It is a sci-fi in the for the age. Or it is a sci-fi for the mass shooting era that we live in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely deals with that concern of just waiting for people to fucking crack and yeah. what is the appropriate response to that? How do you do that with them pining on human freedom? Do I give a shit about human freedom if people are getting shot? Oh, shit. There goes my human freedom. That's a really fantastic, like, 21st century story there. You know, there are places where it's subtle, places where it's not. And you know what? You know what? On the layers where it's not, you don't have to be subtle about the... Stop handing everything over to systems you don't understand <laughs> those are my those are my woke claps okay <laughs> and i thought it delivered that theme very well the main villain is an execution of a classic archetype that sucks monkey 98 out of 100 times so i appreciated that <laughs> he is very much a joking man <laughs> but uh it, it i don't know when it's when it's good, it's, when it's good. good. Yeah, when it works, it works. And so, I don't know. It's very specifically a show marketed towards Denard Dale, <laughs> so it's it's kind of almost an unfair power ranking. Like if this is that part of the award show, people start throwing shit at the screen and talking about the Academy. But I don't know. Psychopath is right there for me. All right. Number number two for uh, for Sam Legault. Two 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 dose knee. I took Japanese for. Like, Four years, and it's I still suck. It's prison school, guys. It's prison school, guys. <laughs> Denard has been over why he loves prison school as much as he does, and as I agreed with all of his points about Sora Online, you know, which you know we shared on our list, uh, so do I agree about prison school. But I did want to add a few things. Uh, prison school was for me just this perfect sort of encapsulation of everything that is awful about being a teenager. <laughs> it is everything that is painful and humiliating about going through a high school with a perpetual erection just because your body has decided that it is going to be a certain way even if you do not feel a certain way you are not in control anymore it is your hormones in control it is your it is the hormones of your peers who are in control they are cruel they are capricious they will not let you get out of this with your dignity intact that is what high school is that is what the experience is it is all the, it is all these confused, scared people being cruel to each other because it's the only way they know how to be because teenagers are fucking sociopaths. It's wild up there, folks. <laughs> and that is that is why I love prison school as much as I do because it understands that so amazingly well. Yes, it it very much exaggerates the um the behaviors and attitudes of teenagers, but it does so with a very good understanding of teenage psychology. Uh, it also, as an asexual person, it also feels like a, a really funny condemnation of, um, of hypersexualization in, um, media in general and manga in particular. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does pr participate in this, but it does so in a way that makes you feel actively uncomfortable as you're reading it. It's a move, it is a, it is a, um, 
It has a unique gaze. It, it, yeah, it does. It is a manga that is calling you a pervert for reading <laughs> it. Uh, it's, called, it's like it's, it's almost accusing you of still being controlled by your hormones. You know, like whether you are uh, still a teenager or whether you are in your thirties, right? It is say uh, it is condemning you for this, and like I, 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 I love how much it condemns you for it. I love how I do not resent the accusations i appreciate the accusations it it feels very much like this um condemnation of the human condition in ways i know (laughs) i'm being like that that's like a super fucking like high-minded you know like i'm making a jacking off motion right now kind of kind of way of um going about putting it but i i don't (sighs) hey man if a top of the decade this isn't a time to get all meta high-minded when is right yeah i guess so it can offset some of the awful shit I said during the Arrow Manga Sensei. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, for for my money as well. I it is, I have a list of like the top five times or the top five hardest spats of laughter I have ever you know gone through in my life. And this, I think, yeah, probably occupies about two spaces on that. One it's, of them, it's really fucking impressive. Um, well, one of them was from Gravity Falls as well. It wasn't the Dipper Gut Punch. It was the um, it was the Goldie Coin Op Machine. Oh, <laughs> that was great. Um, one of them was literally just two weeks ago when we all took edibles and saw cats. I think I almost died. <laughs> Because like, and I think that might actually just occupy the number one space because for an hour and a half, two hours, I don't remember how long that film was. I don't know that it had a beginning. Dude, or I end can't watch or... anything of Judy Dench I, again. I don't know. I was laughing the entire time, but that, besides the point, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, what I'm talking about is the fact that this this manga was so singularly hilarious, and um, on top of all of that, on top of like this great portrayal of what it is to be a teenager right what it's like to have those sort of hormones controlling you more than you control yourself to look down at your developing body and say traitor and say, <laughs> it's this show that hurts uh in such a great way it's also on top of all of that fantastic suspense mm. i like i remember reading through it uh reading through being you know halfway through one particular arc and realizing what absolute pains it takes to track the movement the movements of individual objects across the story you know the the import that they have uh on both the suspense the character's motivations um and you know like the eventual outcome um uh, the eventual outcome of the story right or of that particular arc or of that particular plot line like the show tracks a fucking pair of panties and like, I swear to God, this is this like is a the goddamn same, detective novel. Th- this is the same guy, right? Who like who you know just twenty minutes ago was railing against you know the very concept of fan service, you know, being used as this uh, like emperor's new clothes yeah. to like to, to to kind of try and you know mask poor or lazy writing. But no, in, the eternal in, crutch. In, in this case, it is so amazingly folded into. The motivations of the characters, um, the vote. I'm not doing a good enough job because I'm doing this anime a disservice right now because I'm gushing so hard and my gushing, I'm becoming inarticulate. This show has, um, has such a fucking relationship 
with human sexuality and you know one sexuality when they're a teenager um yeah you gotta read it to understand what i'm saying here i guess i know that's a bit of a cop out here but um there, there's 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 something about prison school that is funny and painful and is it relevant i don't think relevant is quite the term it's not like a social critique i, know, I guess it kind of is but like there's there's something that it understands that I cannot put into words. It has such je ne sais quoi to it. Yeah, it definitely has the heightened texture of daily life in that fucking Milu. One of these days, I'm going to um, reread it or rewatch Prison School and then rewatch um, Milf Isekai. Two of these shows where you could describe them both as egregious and um, audacious. Right, and I'm going to figure out why prison school works as well as it does, and why Milf Isekai is as terrible as it is. And uh, look out next year, people, because he's going to release a nonfiction book about it. It'll, it'll be long. It will be long. It'll be a treatise. It might be a manifesto. A building, maybe. Uh... No, Denard, don't say jokes about someone bombing a building on your podcast, unless it's yourself. I can do that to me. I might bomb a building. All right, so <laughs> go for it. Maybe you should do our number one. So, once again, in my approach to this, I thought more about individual resonance. And this thing blew the fuck up recently, which is a pleasant surprise for me. I barely heard the anime was coming, because I'm, I'm generally bad at keeping my ear to the ground lately. I don't know, I need to get back into the community, as it were. Mm-hmm. Multiple communities. At least get with the fucking breakdowns, the comedy people. Whatever, that's my life. But once again, when I was making my list, I was thinking more about individual impact, individual resonance, and you enjoy your entertainment as you get older, but most of the time it doesn't quite feel that same way when you're in, like, I don't know, middle school, high school, college. Like, that feeling of discovery, like, entering something like, oh, this is changing the way I look at things, the way I think, or even just, like, I don't know, I'm... I'm listening. To, I'm reading someone rambling about fucking hobbits for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading the uh, comic manga, whatever have you, for a Vinland saga, I legitimately had that feeling, like I was exploring a world in a different kind of way for the first time. And I can't even, not to say that there's something like incredibly different on Arafan, but maybe it was just like that artfully done that I felt like I was that I managed to capture that feeling of stepping. I don't know somewhere. Else, I guess, I got that feeling from this. And um, if you're not familiar with Vinland Saga, simply put, it's a comic about a Viking and his relationship with revenge, which might not be what you think it is from the kind of things I picked in the other slots. Hmm. And the journey, literally and figuratively, (laughs) that takes him on. And... I have been with this comic for some time, and I have felt rewarded by the investment throughout. I am normally a model employee, and the director of the agency could walk by my desk and just see on my second monitor just fucking Vinland Saga over there. I'm still reading through it. (laughs) I'm "I'm not going to stop for your fucking ass. What the fuck do you think this is? (laughs) I guess... You can tell that it had some kind of mark on me because I realized I haven't made a hyper funny in at least a minute and 40 seconds. And that is unusual for me. I will be doing that shit when, like, my friends stop dropping off at funerals and I have to give, start giving speeches. <laughs> I hope they're Irish style because otherwise I'm going to get in some fucking trouble. 
I can have mine be Irish style. Oh, thank fuck. I know you hear your cardio's better, though. You, you might outlive me. My point is Vinland Saga is an excellent watch, an amazing read. Go to Viking Town, and I should say in the balance of elements, by the way, something I didn't capture of this. I just made this thing sound super serious all the time, and it is not. It is a rollicking historical tale, action, comedic often. It does that interesting thing a lot of Japanese historical fiction does where they're very dedicated to the texture of day-to-day life, but they are totally still willing to just go over the trop and embrace action tropes in the action segments, which I actually think works well to the balance of elements in this story. Certainly. I think it adds something. I think it adds another front for engagement and... Ultimately, a certain type of non-realist violence is really just going for more of a mode of storytelling. It's why I become a lot more forgiving of the pace of a certain type of fight across comic books. Like, they're more about trying to convey and progress elements of character through the Valtoling Foot. Which doesn't say that Vin's Saga falls under that trope. It actually um, goes through its action rather briskly, but it... You'll understand it when you see it's st- the action is still very over the top and sort of has a lot of sort of violent. like violent, also violent, and there is a guy who lives for violence and thinks that's an intelligent way to live, and it thinks a little more about that. <laughs> we'll say about Vinland Saga. Um, Askeladd is a cool name for a bad guy. Askeladd is a cool name for a bad guy. Yes. <laughs> And that is a character arc that goes places. The main character's character arc goes places. There's something when you come in contact with the main character that you might assume is a little generic. Um, I normally won't throw this card to a series, but trust us, I want to play the long game on that. It takes that places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very Russian book in that you would describe the concept very differently after you've been through the halfway point than if you're describing it before then. Okay, sure. It, likes this, it does a sort of little mini table flip. And that is my... Um, presentation about vinland saga fantastic before i get to my number one i've got also my my honorable mentions a, a whole lot of these are um i i, I had to kind of go back here um a number of these are going to be kind of later in the decade kind of stuff a couple of them are from this year too because 2019 was a really fucking good year for anime i felt it um, was it was it, um... it had a couple instant classics there a couple of a couple of whom made this list um but I'm just I'm just gonna kind of get into it. Uh, honorable mentions for the decade: Promised Neverland was fucking Stephen King does anime, and I mean, anime does Stephen King, and it was mm. wow, fucking beautiful, tonally just perfect. The information warfare thing is a thing that I'm super fucking into. It's like it started with Death Note, I feel like, and you know, like it's this sort of mini genre, and like all the yes. all the entries who have cropped up, um, I've loved. Um, Erased. God, I fucking loved Erased. I even loved its stupid fucking ending that wasn't there in the manga. <laughs> uh, it was so perfectly suspenseful. Um, it had, it was so wonderfully directed. Um, God, I didn't get, I didn't really gather my thoughts about Erased prior to this. I'm kind of doing this off the cuff right now. There's something deeply discomforting about watching this show in such a great way mm. it makes you feel unsafe it's, it's wonderful it's like uh, how could you feel safe if you're you know like this 11 year old who's trying to catch a serial killer who could very easily fucking kill you because it's you're an 11 year old moment <laughs> um 
Silver Spoon uh, actually ended up on my top five list. Um, Nietzsche Bros. Danchi Nietzsche Koku. Bros. Danchi is a laugh factor. Oh, what a fucking laugh right of a show. That's like one of those other shows that kind of gets another aspect of um, being a teenager. This is less, it has less to do with, you know, the raging hormones and social embarrassment and, you know, like how awful it fucking is to be around your peers. And this is more about just being so fucking bored all oh, the goddamn yeah, time. Yeah. Just having nothing to fucking do because you're broke and you don't have that many friends and it's hot and your parents don't give you any money. You, So what you do is all that you can do. You just fucking talk bullshit with your friends. It definitely captures the entire fucking, fucking around spectrum. Um... And it's size splitting every fucking time. Loop in the third. Um, just all of the loop in the third that has happened this decade. I think there's been at least two or three parts. I think parts four and five at the very least. The woman called Fujiko Ime. It's, oh, it's so fucking good. I, I love Lupin. Lupin is... um, I, I don't know why it hasn't crossed over more in the States. It's this perfect Lupin marriage. actually had kind of a moment when we were in middle to high school where it was sort of hot with people in, in the States. Like... It was sort of an adult swim kind of mainstay. God, I don't remember that too well. It was like that whole late night, like, big O kind of block. I mean, I, I only discovered it later on like, uh, uh, when, I, when I was in college. Um, and, you know, just as an adult, been watching it. But it's this perfect fucking marriage of um, the Pink Panther and James Bond. Yes. Um, and yeah. it, it is it is so consistently fun, so jump inable. Um, so like the, the character writing is always so consistent and strong and it always feels fresh, even when they rehash things and they often do there. I cannot tell you like um, recycling is wonderful for the environment. I can't tell you how many references there are to the castle of Cagliostro in a given rep in a given episode of uh, loop on the third. It's their but, Montreal screw job. But, but I, I would, of course, yeah, no, for real. I would, I would, I would recommend anyone watch loop on the third. It's the most fun you will have. It's, it's so just easy to watch. It's easy to enjoy. Mobile suit Gundam, iron blooded orphans. Um, this got oh, edged man. out by Thunderbolt because, um, pound for pound or proportionately Thunderbolt is better. Um, iron blooded orphans was such a great, such a non-standard story in the Gundam franchise. I was legitimately impressed by a lot of Iron-Blooded Orphans. I never expected to see a Gundam show pick up the structure, themes, and content of a fucking archetypical crime film and oh, yeah. dole it out the way it did. This is my personal private... Um, I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say private theory because I thought it was just a thing, but no one really talks about it that I, way that I much. I didn't get that so much from it. What I, what I really well, got it's a structural from, um, thing. Like, if you look at the... It, 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 I, 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 I would rate your paper an A in this case. <laughs> um, I would rate your paper an A. Um, I do think you could argue that it has, like, that kind of crime drama structure. For me, what, what I loved about it was, okay, like, early on in the show's run, the first time we hear the first ED to the show... And we just hear orphans, orphans, (laughs) tears. And we knew from the end of the first episode exactly what the 50th episode was going to happen. Or exactly what was going to happen in the 50th episode. And nothing that ended up happening towards the end of the series was at all that surprising, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not a point against the show because um, there's this air of inevitability about about everything. About just like a car crash happening in slow motion. 
as, you know, these really young people who didn't deserve any of this, but came to deserve all of it. Who, you know, like, if they just had a chance in another life, none of this would have happened. As they edge closer and closer towards their own destruction, their own bloody ends that they create for themselves. Um, it's, oh, it's so great. Uh, really and there, there are things about it, um, little things that, that didn't work so well. There are things of, uh, there are things about it that maybe I'd go back and change, but like ultimately, uh, and it was great fucking fight choreography throughout. Yes. And that, that is of course yes. very important. Um, uh, I remember watching this and, um, seeing the influence of a certain show for the first time. Um, we'll, we'll get into what that show was or not for the first time, but seeing it for the first time in like a really pronounced really well done way um anyway well finds um, an identity yeah yeah hiroaka um my hero academia it's just it's just great it's just like what is there to say about what what can you say about the man yeah what can would you give the man who has everything it's um it's this fantastic distillation of the shonen formula it feels like reading on like those freaking 70s spider-man comics again in a way yeah, like absolutely. Founda- foundations action adventure there's clearly a brain behind it the brain has opinions yeah interestingly not that loud about them it's like his opinions play bass it's true it's um horikoshi kohei um seems to be such a lifelong fan of shonen manga but he understands the things that do not work about it Mm-hmm. Um, and has seems to be striving in everything he does to fix those issues in the little ways that he can. Um, like it's clear that he likes, you know, the big boys, Naruto and Bleach and Dragon Ball, um, way way more than I honestly do. Um, I, I can appreciate some Dragon Ball here and there, but I, I I do not think very much of Naruto or Bleach. Um, but he loves them. It's clear that he loves them, but he thinks. Yeah, but I feel like there's this one thing that I could maybe and like and then he does that, uh, and and it it it, it 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 makes just a world of difference. Um, what have you got to say about it? Well, I mean, a there was that old there was that old Spider-Man comment, uh, "Hero Academia." In terms of how it sort of mastered this little Milo and tone, it reminded me a the whole Shonen thing can just be good and fun and enjoyable. Yeah. B. It partially reminded me of really need to be a miserable fuck all the time. Yeah, I had absolutely. a I had a phase, a little um, little wombo combo of negative events in a chain, and <laughs> just one or just, two of them. It just casts a uh, very positive shadow there. Um, I appreciate that about it. Um, I will always have a spot in my heart for just the sort of I need a better term for it than like foundations adventure story, but it, it really it really is like simple storytelling done yeah. well, like. I don't know. Some people will make hour-long YouTube videos about the depths hiding within the narrative. I don't really approach it so much that way. It's more like I don't know. You ever seen a guy jump a motorcycle? Yeah. What I find is that, like in in contrast to other you know long-running shonen action stuff, it's not fucking frustrating to get through. Like I remember watching Naruto right before I knew better, um, <laughs> and and just being so feeling so goddamn blue-balled uh, blue by it all the time, where I'm like, I know that the good part is coming up, would you just fucking get to it already? I, like, it, it felt like they were stalling for fucking time, waiting for the fucking big four pay-per-view. Um, mm. And, and um, they never do that. It's it's so... Uh, 
I hate the word fucking pacing. I fucking hate the word pacing so goddamn much because it's the most like it's like it's the most. I like, mean, it's a word of an application of meaning. It's like it's, epic. It, Remember, it, epic yeah, means yeah, something. It, well, it's, very it's epic a word narrative. that you use when you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, but like it's, it's so much better paced than a lot of shonen. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with an emphasis on Diamond is Unbreakable is another um honorable mention for me. Um, Super fun. It's it's the number six spot. Um, it it just just got edged out by um but I don't, I don't know if i said if anything else was the number six but i don't think so uh it just got edged out by um uh by thunderbolt and only just i mean i've got the same fucking joe star tattoo on my shoulder that denard does it, it reminds is, me it reminds me to do my overhead press even though i hate it <laughs> like this goddamn show is part of me um no that's on your trap it's like the one where you lift like this I'm gonna go curse real quickly. <laughs> yeah, the overhead that's that's this right here. Overhead press is the front of your shoulders. The back well, of your shoulders. I've is got like... some real nice shoulders, people. <laughs> I just um, just fucked up a little bit. No, I do do I do do lots of okay, people. Yeah, I'm, not, the, I'm not making the, basic the, the fucking bodybuilding yeah. errors. Um, and um, by the way, this is the most um, weightlifting talk you are ever going to hear on an anime podcast. Should we talk about carb cycling? No, no, let's move on. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. There's again little to say about JoJo that hasn't been said already. I think I appreciate part four um, the most because they introduced the stand concept in part three, um, and it's fighty boy time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I kind of like the idea of you have this shonen, I guess, sign-in shit going on with you know mm. like nuanced power sets that have been that's been just copied endlessly, you know, in years since. And you do something different with that. You have it be used for trying to fucking uh, cheat cheat a uh, famous manga artist Beautiful. out of a few hundred bucks, you know, just because you hate him. It it is something unique. Um, Recreators um, was a really really surprising show by the um. By the that author. one hit me out of nowhere. Right? I mean. The Black Lagoon guy collaborated. Yeah, with Sumio, no, it was right? by it was um it was written like the character designs were done and the whole whole thing was written by uh, Ray uh, Hiroi, who is um the genius behind Black Lagoon. Who like if Black Lagoon had been made in 2012, it would have been the number one spot on this oh, list. Oh, uh, we bow we bow towards a uh, Ray Hiroi uh, three times around lunch. Yes, <laughs> I think like what what I guess. You could go east or west from here. We're across the uh, we're across the. Yeah, just make sure you're not going out the fucking um, Antarctic, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, the um, recreators was just more of his really great work. He's um, he's a writer who really likes to have characters um, fight a whole lot and then kind of sit down and jaw for a little while. Maybe I don't know. I'm maybe I'm not doing the greatest job describing what's uh, what's so special about um his writing style but like he's um he has very really very well developed ideas about um the nature of evil as we see in black lagoon and the nature of um fiction as we see in um in recreators um also on this list durara man that's so i forgot cool. to say, so here's my thing about durara here's my endorsement fucking durara mm-hmm. i legitimately until i checked before i made this episode forgot it was part of this decade because in my head at this point it was one of those like elder fucking yeah, just foundations anime yeah. like yeah you know you, yeah you know you're a kitty watch dbz you watch durara yeah yeah and and it it, it does the thing um can i cut a few in here yeah absolutely so 
um, honorable mentions. Um, so when we talk about um, what, it fe- what it feels to be young earlier, which is something that you would think that with all the fucking high school fixation all these fucking shows have, by the way, that more than one or two a year would figure out. Mm-hmm. But something that got caught on to a bit that way for me, and again, a comedy, the whole Kaguya-sama thing, like, just being so in your head and up your own ass, like, I have Just the, overthinking everything. I know exactly how I'm going to do this. I've plotted my life out for the next 10 years. If Sam can relate a lot to listlessness, I can relate a lot to, this is the plan. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that about it. Kaguya-sama was on my list, too. I want to do a... It's, um... As I said before, I absolutely fucking adore the information warfare genre of manga mm. and anime, and I especially love when it is parodied in such a perfect way as it is in Kaguya-sama Love is War. Just these people overthinking everything to such a degree that they get in their own way to such a degree that like none of their plans actually seem to succeed as smart as they are because they are so amazingly up their own ass and in their own head and in their own way. Also, probably the best deployment of a narrator in anime or manga yes, I've seen in a while. Like, let me just dodge it now. The and he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, and um, uh, points to the voice actor on that mother. God, it's also. I'm sorry. Great. Say you whatever. You I, I think. Um, I think my favorite single moment from that. My favorite. It was a montage. It was the he's lying montage where the narrator yeah. explains. Where the narrator explains specifically how untruthful all the characters are being to one another in a certain scene where they're talking about studying for an exam. That's something. This will be a surprisingly. Actually, not surprising at all. Without even scouring at length, I liked Madoka about as much as everyone else liked Madoka. I, I, liked, all this, I liked all this other shit more. To my shame, I missed Madoka. Madoka was a good time. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, thank you for being a lover of our dulcet cell of humor to be watching an anime podcast for some reason. <laughs> um, Panty and Stalking, which is a unique show. I feel like it took a sec to get going, but it was great once it did. Yeah, it took a while to rev up. That may have even been, been the only thing that really robbed of this list, is that you're just sort of like twiddling your thumbs for a second, looking mm-hmm. down at them. But it went places. Yeah. It went fun places. It went places that have little tributes to Western animation. It went places that I have no idea what kind of fucking mushrooms they are on, but they were definitely mushrooms. It's kind of Gainax's last stand. I don't really know what else of note they've done since. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see some studio that... Like, Stuck in a creative holding pattern, like they still did a good movies with with Anno, but okay. you need a second thing. You do. In my humble opinion, I'm a Denarda professional creative consultant. Um, did I hit? Let me hit all the uh, mainstream ones before I hit my uh, my my little babies. Pet talking, Madoka, good. Um, so this is picking up steam. So I'm not sure of its current popularity level, but um, there's another historical fiction thing which may become my new fucking I don't know manga fetish, whatever. But uh, Kingdom. Kingdom, and it's an action military just take on the unification of China. One of the unifications of China. There were there 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 were, there have been quite a few throughout the centuries. The way it dramatizes it, you would think that it never splintered again. But I guess you have to make everything feel really in the moment. But mm-hmm. Kingdom is a lot of fun. I think what maybe separates it from Vinland Saga is that maybe it's a little more punk rock in its attitude towards characterization events, which is fine, and it still works. Obviously, it's on my honorable mentions list, but 
it doesn't take me to the uh, transcendent world or whatever the fuck. But Kingdom is a really good time. Um, the art seriously upgrades over time, which worries me because I think they're working the artist to death. Uh, <laughs> and um, it almost has a genre change halfway through because like basically the first must be I guess quarter of this thing now because this thing's been going forever, but. First quarter of this mother is basically a martial arts story. Like it's also historical fiction, but the conventions of conflict and the mode of action is very much concerned about um, the strength of my style. Mm-hmm. And then the military history thing comes up, and the first arc is fun, but that I think to me this is when Kingdom really becomes Kingdom. Okay, like it achieves that sort of scope and. It's very good at making macro stuff feel interesting by having people yelling loudly about their honor. So <laughs> that doesn't always work. It works here. Um, all right. On to my baby. So I liked Al Noah Zero. Fuck you people, I guess. Loved Al Noah Zero. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I, think, I think it was probably... Um, I think it, would, it probably helped that we watched it all the way through after it had aired and did not have to wait an entire, you know, like, however long in between season one and season two. Oh, we dodged the uh, Last Jedi fanboy problem? I, I, I guess so. I... I fucking love the protagonist. I think oh, that's he's probably so great. The thing. He's, so, he's such a fucking chat I love. He makes me use the word based without irony. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a thing. Um, Another one of... um. My babies was a samurai flamenco. Guillotine grill. Which guillotine grill. Guillotine grill. There's other there are other brainy ways you could describe samurai flamenco. I'm not coming to work tomorrow. I might not even be alive. <laughs> but the important thing is that it is people. It's a show. It's a bunch of lifetime tokusatsu fans basically thinking. Okay, so what if we flip the table every two episodes? Like, we make them think it's a fucking kick-ass thing. Then you make them think it's more endearing than that. Then it's a parody. Then it's a just Gurren Lagann. Then it is the thing. Then it's a thing. Then it's a fucking psychological thriller. <laughs> Samurai Flamenco goes places. It's a great ride. It hovers in the... Power Rangers parody around a little bit too long, but the rest is great. I feel as though it did not make the waves that I really wanted it to make. Like it threw like it off all of its own. It just it just wasn't it wasn't as influential as I kind of expected or wanted it to be. The market is merciless. I wish it was more influential as well. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe some people may have felt the joke was on them. I don't think the show. I don't think it was in the show, but I think some people took it that way. Like, oh, you're just fucking with me. <laughs> Yeah, I hate when people are like, that's like, it's, it's why so many people hated The Last Jedi. Luckily, there is no overlap between our anime-enjoying audience and the people complaining about The Last Jedi like it stabbed their mother. Um, there are people who are going to be more offended by that Last Jedi thing than, the than all thing. the than the K-pop thing, than the thing I said during Arrow Manga Sensei, <laughs> than my whole religion riff in that one episode. This is going to be, this is going to be why the I get canceled. The does it? Yeah. I'm putting uh, kind of a rising star that, like, exploded in popularity Mm -hmm. uh, this last year. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no no Yaiba, which I saw. Like, I think we actually, it was was on a segment on the show early on in our run. Um, And um, we saw it, liked it, didn't think that much of it. And then someone, maybe it was the community, was like, hey, you should maybe go back and watch more of this. It's more than you think it is. 
Uh, and God, it's so much more than you expect it to be. It's so fucking sad. God, it's, um... D- Demon Slayer, um, for my money, is a very special moment in my history as a critic because it's the first time I underrated something and everyone's gonna kick the shit out of me for fucking years if this show goes anywhere and say, hey, it's a dipshit who thought Demon Slayer was okay. <laughs> you know what? Todd in the Shadows is wrong all the time and he's still great and he still has his audience. So, like, if he can be... If he can be wrong about expecting something to go away and then it doesn't, then, like, hey, we can too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That 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 concludes all of my honorable mentions. You got more? All right. Um. So if this is, crosses over in 2009 and my, my timeline sometimes is buggy, um, sue me. Fucking sue me. But uh, I was always an advocate of the, the Zetsubo Sensei fucking sub-series is, like, line of comedy that just always tickled, that always tickled me. Um... The description Japanese South Park may sound crasher than it is. It doesn't really go down that route, but it's more the frenetic nature of the jokes and the pop culture riffs. Mm-hmm. And its approach to the youth as idiots surrounded by dumber adults. <laughs> and I enjoyed it a lot. I also recommend that. And now... Onto Sam's n- 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 number one. Um, so my number one entry begins with a story. Um, I think I'm a. It is the summer in between my like, I think, um, sophomore and junior year of college. I'm like sitting there on the couch. I haven't watched a whole lot of anime in the last couple of years. I've, like, kind of fallen out of it after having been, like, after having experimented with being a weeb in, uh, in high school, um, and now when I've just accepted it about myself after, you know, (laughs) however many years. Like, I remember in high school I was watching, like, a whole bunch of anime on, like, all the various streaming sites, just, like, deciding, like, yeah, I'm gonna get into this, and then I kind of fell off it in college. Um, this changed um, one summer when I'm on my couch, just sitting on my laptop. I've got one of my friends and my brother are like elsewhere in the living room, kind of bullshitting. Um, and I'm sitting there with my eyes affixed to the screen. I am holding either side of my laptop screen. I might have been smoking some weed. Um, <laughs> with my hands holding either side of the laptop screen for dear life because. I am watching something that I'm never going to forget. I am watching Attack on Titan for the first time. And it is... This show is about to change my whole fucking life. Oh. This is... It is about to become one of my favorite pieces of media of all time. It's going to reward my patience and my faith in years to come. Um, there's going to be people... Uh, there's going to be people who... Um, who have other thoughts about people who doubt it, people who react poorly to the hype. Um, and it I just, wonder what it's like to live so wrong. And it just keeps fucking delivering every fucking time. Uh, for me, it's like both as a perfect mystery, as a perfect, um, as a perfectly exciting, fresh, like, oh God, nothing is like Attack on Titan. That's like one of the things that I love so much about it. I remember... You know, one of those serious fucking like um, 3DMG Sakuga scenes from the first uh, from the first series. I like I could not think of anything. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before, 
it, it, it completely changed the game for me. And it, hell, it completely changed the game for anime. It, mm-hmm. like, it and Sword Art Online are, like, it, it's no coincidence. These, these are the two most influential anime of the last decade. Uh, for better and then for worse. Attack on Titan for better because of what it just, because of the energy that it just brought. You can see um, visual cues, plot cues, character cues present in, like, almost every facet of the medium these days um maybe maybe it's absent from from some you know like slightly um from some genres that are definitely not adjacent to it but um god for for my money it is and where it goes in the manga too it's um, something else it's it's it, it has become clear without spoiling too much you know where it is in the manga now that he basically wrote this thing in its entirety before the first chapter was ever even released in, um, I think, uh, Monthly Shonen Besatsu magazine. Um, oh, shit, you had the name. Oh, yeah. Um, and with every new chapter, after, I want to say the two-thirds marker, we'll see, it's, it's not even concluded yet, one new question has been answered in a way that is um, both like thought-provoking, it makes you go like, ah! And, you know, makes sense given what had all, given the seeds that had already been planted before. Even stuff that seems to come out of left field. If you go back, um, he has such an attention to detail. Um, is so very, very careful with his plotting and, you know, like um, planting plot points to, you know, harvest them later. Every little surprise has its genesis in a chapter, 50 chapters prior. Um both in you know the way that uh, the way that the mysteries in this show are created and then paid off on, the way that the characters have developed, uh, honest to fucking god, Aaron Yeager might just be my favorite anime slash manga protagonist of all time, just because of the fascinating journey that he has gone on from you know this this sort of from what you could consider. You know, a generic shonen protagonist who has kind of generic shonen protagonist goals to what he is now in the manga. And I cannot really tell you where his character has gone since then, but it's um, it's both fascinating and sad and exciting to sort of see it. Show leaves a welt. It's, um... God damn. I, fucking... I just love this series so goddamn much. Um... And um, it is the um, probably at this point one of my favorite pieces of media. There's only so much that I can say about it um, at this point without um, without getting into like serious spoiler territory because mm-hmm. it is very much one of those shows where you know like it's full of surprises every uh, every every new chapter is an, is a new surprise. But I love this show as a kind of commentary on two different things on both human hatred and its origins and um nationalism and its origins and how like the two of them are inextricably linked and how one comes from another and the hatred creates itself over and over again and nationalism is always this result of um tragedy that becomes hatred that becomes nationalism that then again uh, that then creates new tragedy that becomes you know hatred that becomes nationalism and it's uh it's both like a great piece of um i guess you could call it political satire as well as just an exciting fucking like um 
both horror story and, you know, it becomes a conspiracy thriller. God, there's no facet of this, um, of this manga that does not have me just floored every time I pick it up. Um, you know, like whether it be the, you know, the beginning chapters of it and, you know, the story that it eventually becomes, which is something completely different from where it begins. I just read it, read it. It's so good. It's only 125 chapters. He releases shit every month. It's not even that hard to like get yourself caught up on. You're, you'd be doing yourself a disservice by now. Let's see. Three points. Um, I think it's significant and fitting that this is the show that is seeing off the decade for us in general and kicking off the new decade for this program. Mm-hmm. I think it has earned that place in the anime spectrum, and both in terms of just impact and goodness. Um, two little points I didn't hit during uh, my set piece on Attack on Titans and news would be sort of an Attack on Titans sandwich. My first point is that I, while I recommend watching anything on the top 10, I specifically recommend that you read or watch Attack on Titan before it becomes one of those things where everyone knows what fucking happens and you sort of lose that in a way. Like, yes. You have a chance to get the run in before the whole, before Vader whips out the little 23 in me, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's one thing. And another point is I just want to, I think I told the story last time, but I'm going to tell this the story of my premium wrongness in this milieu. And I will never get more wrong at, more wrong at once about one thing, but earlier on in my life, they, I was at some convention or bookstore and they're having like, they had like preview pamphlets and chapters of just different comic books and manga and shit. And I got a, like a chapter sampler, just one chapter early attack on Titan, maybe one of the first or twos, first two things. And my smile was like, Eh. <laughs> and I just basically basically chug the thing, and now here is me for the media guards. It's like oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I think I I should finish the story that I kind of began this entry with by saying this is the show that made me a fucking weeb again, and I'm so fucking thankful for that. This is the show that got me back into anime after I'd kind of fallen off of it. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, like, just life happened to me. I, I stopped watching so much. And this is what kind of got me back on it. I wanted, like, after I was done with that first season, we had that giant-ass dry spell in between season one or uh, one and two. I wanted more. So I, like, I started fucking devouring anime and manga because I just wanted it. Um, and... I, I I can credit this show for so much. This is the show that got me angry enough to change things about my life when I was like, kind of in rough places here and there. This is um, uh, you got to fight. It 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 it, it sort of inspired in me this kind of fighting instinct. Yeah, it um, it it's a show that like um, has made me think about like the state of the world today and you know like how we got to where we are um. You can see it as, as a parable for a whole lot of things, you know, things that happened a hundred years ago and things that happened just 20 years ago. Um, it's, it's got so much, you can write and write and write and write about this, uh, about this manga and people have, and they still do that. I, I'm uh, really appreciative to have been a part of the, um, 
the Shingeki no Kyojin subreddit. There's a whole lot of people on that on that thing that like amazing shit posting, a fantastic shit posting just to begin with, and also they <laughs> this coon, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, and they also um a lot of them are like smarter and more observant than I am, uh, and will like point out all the stuff that I missed because you can totally miss stuff in this. Like you, I, I I'm gonna go back and read the whole of this once it's done. I'm probably going to need like three or four read-throughs to get everything. And then even then I'm probably going to miss some things because he's got so much little details in there that like make, oh, wow. All right. So I'm going to close this out with this. I'm never going to say it again under gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Anime is good and getting better. <laughs> this has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. I am Denard Dale, a.k.a. Blind Monkey, a.k.a. Darius Dyson sometimes for some reason. Only at cons. Only at cons. I am Sam Lego, a.k.a. Mute Monkey, a.k.a. Just Lego these days. I feel like more people call me Lego than Sam these days. It's, it's, it's been, odd. It's been an interesting metamorphosis, just for various different reasons in various different circles. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's, it's Weeaboo Weeaboo Hell. Drop that fucking music! I only paid him 40 fucking dollars for this song! (laughs)